Road to Tembi podcast. My name is Tom Davis, your host, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, someone who uh, is probably finished uh, his last Ironman by the time I just about started the run. Uh, he's a very, very, very good athlete, uh, someone I'm excited to talk to, and I'd like to welcome uh, Craig Burrows. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Morning, Morning. thank you very much for having me. Um, well, yeah, I'm a little bit honoured actually, considering the calibre of the last couple of guests you've had. So, thank you very much. That's <laughs> all right. How's your morning been? Uh, good, good. Very little to do at the moment. Just gearing up, ready to go back to work in a few weeks, and um, I suppose I'm just cracking now, really. What does uh, what 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 does a normal kind of like uh, day look like for you at the moment? Because not normal doesn't moment, really exist, does it, <laughs> for anyone? <laughs> Uh, normal for me at the moment is I probably get up a little bit later than normal. I'll get up around eight-ish, which is a which is a delight. Uh, quick bit of breakfast. I'll do a training session. I'll have a little bit of lunch. I'll do another training session. I'll have a little snack. I'll do another training session, and then by then my wife's home from work. So that's quality. Uh, so are you, are, done in- so you, are you literally doing like three training sessions a day? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, some days two, but most of the day it will be three. Three okay. Shortage. So, am am I literally taking one of your slots here for for your training session, or you got a day off? Uh, off actually. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. I didn't want to interrupt things too much. So, like, uh, like I, I'm re- I'm really interested to hear kind of like what um you know what what your training looks like. We'll talk a little bit about uh you know your results over, you know your triathlon kind of history if you like um but. Just just touching on that a little bit there. If you're if you're training like three times a day, which for, for me I, I just about can train twice a day um, without without having about five days off afterwards. Um, what 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 does like a a, day, a day's training look like? A typical day. If you're training three times a day, what what does that look like for you? Uh, well, usually pre pre COVID, it would be definitely swim most mornings, if not every mm. morning, but. Obviously, I haven't been able to swim for a better part of 10 weeks now. So mm. it'll, it'll usually be a tough bike on a turbo, okay. something tough. I have a coach, so uh, I do what I'm told, really. But it's usually involves something quite tough. Um, and then it'll be an easy run. Um, and then in the evening, it'll be like an easy spin on the bike again. Or it may even be a tough run midday and then another easy run in the night. Or... We just it mixes up quite a lot, really. But it's never it's never hard, hard. It's it's quite a, most of the stuff I do is is very easy. Uh, okay, and what you know, like for your turbo sessions, do you use Trainer Road or do you go on Zwift or do you just kind of uh, like, I, I just Zwift. follow I the plan? Zwift. Yeah, I, I use Zwift, but um, Mark Whipple, who coaches me, puts my session into Training Pizza and that goes straight to to Zwift. Then so. It's, it's a bit of an idiot sky to train, and I just turn Zwift on, and it's there for me in the morning. So, <laughs> class, class. I, I use Trainer Road myself, um, and it, it's, it, it sounds very similar. I, I've not really used Zwift too much before, um, but literally turn it on, load the session, and away to go. We've done a nice, easy one. Yeah, I, actually. Trainer Road is brilliant, and you know, good friends of mine use Trainer Road. And if I didn't have a coach, I probably would use Trainer Road. It seems much more structured as well, um, and you can actually plan things. And you, you've got your plan builder and stuff, anyway, so you can actually do things. But I found that it was just a bit of a waste of money for me because if I had 
a session in the plan that my coach had given me. I was scrambling around on trainer road to find something similar. Ah, so okay. It, it didn't, I wasn't really getting, it's not for people like me, I don't think, who've got a, who are being told what to do every day. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, class. Yeah, awesome. So um, just for the purpose of the listeners, give, give everyone like a little bit of a background on, uh, on, on you, what, what you do, um, you know, day-to-day, career-wise, how you got into triathlon. Um, I, I just give everyone a bit of a rundown, really. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just a very normal human being, I think, really. Um, I'm a teacher, a comprehensive school teacher in Barry in Whitmore High School. Um, I teach ICT and sociology, which is completely different to what most people think I would teach. Um, and in terms of sporting background, I've, all I've ever done is played football. Since I was you know, old enough to run, all I've done is played football. I've never been interested in any other sport. I never played rugby, cricket, anything. I, I just played football all the way until two years ago when I had to decide if I was actually going to try and take triathlon a bit more seriously or continue to try and do both. But the injuries were building up like the little niggles from a Saturday game. So in the end, I had to just knock football on the, on the head, sadly. But if, if I could, yeah. I would still do both. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you miss the football side of things? Um, I do. I, I, team, team background and, and individual background is so different. And yeah. I love team sports. I love the camaraderie. But I just found that, you know, as the type of person I am, that trains my nuts off sometimes if you don't get the same commitment from other team members it almost becomes a thankless task so yeah the more the more i gravitated towards individual endurance sport i found that what i what i put in i generally got out so um that's, that's probably why but i do miss it i, I do yeah I, I, and you know i'll sit for hours and watch football on tv but yeah, I'm not I'm not a massive football fan, unfortunately, so I, c- I can't really join the conversation there. Um, no, I've, I've, I've got I've got a bit of a weird background in terms of like sporting background of um, I've done a little bit of everything. I've never really played football, but golf is my main background. Um, so yeah, again, like a, a real individual kind of sport, you know. Um, and that, 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 that is, you know, the way you describe triathlon there is pretty much exactly the same for golf. You know, what, what you put in generally is, is what you'll get out. Uh, I mean, you can obviously waste a lot of time probably in both sports, I would imagine, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it must be quite different going from kind of like that team background into, uh, you know, a more individual sport like triathlon. So when, when did you actually start, uh, start triathlon? Um, well, 2013 was when I signed up for Ironman Wales 2014, and I had zero history in it. I didn't even own a bike. Um, I happened to be down in Tenby with my girlfriend, who's now my wife at the time, and, um, and I said, oh, come on, let's just, let's just, let's just go to Tenby and watch this, this thing. And you either stand there and you think, oh, that's the bloody idiots there, or you stand there and think, this is brilliant. And I said to her, I'm going to sign up for this next year. Whatever. I said, I didn't, couldn't swim in length. I didn't own a bike and I had done a bit of running. Um, I was naturally reasonably fit just through playing football. So I, I, in my head, I was, I was Mo Farah. Uh, but <laughs> I signed up and yeah, from there really, and I, Ironman Wales was my second triathlon. Um, for oh, wow. Stupidly really. I, I think I was, I was young and naive at the time. And, uh, <laughs> I, I thought that it would be a lot easier than it was, and, and it was a truly humbling experience. Uh, <laughs> my first time. 
So two two thousand and did you say two thousand and fourteen? You done it. Yeah. And what yeah, what was, was my what? Sorry, what what was your result there uh, in two thousand and fourteen? Uh, Thirteen hours and forty four minutes, uh, and I was so proud of myself for doing it. And I yeah. think no lie, I think I cried from the moment the first wave hit me in the face to the moment I got out of the water that day. It was uh, horrendous, and I didn't, I couldn't comprehend how how those swimmers could do it. I, I swam an hour and twenty seven, and I felt like I'd been in there all day. It oh was, really? It was awful. Yeah. Um, and then I, 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 was, I was a second shy of seven hours on a bike. Um, and my, my attitude to the cycling then was if my legs weren't burning, I wasn't working hard enough. And got off the bike in six hours, 59 minutes. And then I pretty much walked a five hour, five marathon. Wow. And yeah, it was it was humbling to say the least. I, I'm, I'm glad it happened because you either wake up the following morning and go, that was awful, I'm never doing it again. Or you wake up and think, well, no, I could have done better. And thankfully I was the latter. <laughs> and, uh, right from that moment, I've not looked back really. It's just, it's just snowballed into, yeah. into where we are. That's, that's, that's amazing. Uh, it, it, it sounds like uh, you, you had a very similar introduction to Ironman Wales and triathlon to me to be fair and I've mentioned it in a few a few other podcasts but I think actually it might have been 2015 was my first experience when I went down it was either 2014 or 2015 and uh, I, I literally got there I, I didn't have a bike I didn't even know kind of like what order the events went in so I didn't know whether yeah. like you know it was like bike first swim first I just I had no clue and I, I just remember getting down there and not really wanting to go down, thinking, oh, you know, can't can't be bothered to go all the way down to Tembe. We got to go through all this traffic, you know, and there's people stopping us going here and stopping us going there. And literally, I was there for about ten minutes, and I was into it. I was proper into it, you know. You were shouting for everyone. It, it just got me straight away, you know. And um, yeah, it's it's class, absolute class. It's bizarre, actually. I think I think we was well, we're spoiled here because after Wales. I then went to um, Weymouth and, and Hamburg since then to do Ironman. And, uh, like, it's just nothing, the crowd and nothing there. And, and albeit that's not the, the biggest repertoire of races, but from, from where I've been to watch races, Ironman Wales is vastly superior in terms of support and atmosphere and, and just this feeling that you get when you're there. Yeah. Quite describe. It's very difficult to describe with somebody who, who isn't sort of into it. Just yeah, yeah, emotional. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so like fast, fast forward in then to 2019. So you've done your first triathlon, well, second triathlon in Ironman Wales, 2014, 13 hours, 44. Fast yeah, forward um, to 2019. I'll, I've, I've got your results down here as 10 hours, 17 and 27 seconds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that, that's just a joke of an improvement there. Yeah. Well, it, it was, um, I say it was a surprise. It wasn't a surprise in the sense that I knew, well, we, my coach and I knew where I was going into it. We knew we had a chance. But, I mean, two years after Wales 14, I went to Weymouth and did 11 hours on the doctors, 11 And then the following week, I did Ironman Wales after Weymouth. And that was almost 12 hours. And then the following year was Hamburg, dipped under 10 hours, but it's a frightfully fast course. And then just coming in at 10, 17 of Wales, I 
I couldn't believe it really. Thank you. Yeah. I, could, I could just couldn't believe it. And, and you know, like on the day. Sorry, sorry. Um, you know, you know, at like at that point, well, on, on that journey, really, from 2014 through to 2019, at, at what point did you decide that you wanted to go uh, out and get a coach? Uh, I actually had one from 2013. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, it, it was more by sort of coincidence, really. I happened to work with, um, so I'm with Mark, who's head coach at Ripple Fit, and um, I happened to work with his wife, who is an um, assistant head teacher at the comprehensive school I work with. And I said, oh, I've signed up for this, this stupid race. Um, he said, oh, my, my, wife, my husband's a coach. Just, so I said, oh, look, okay. So I signed up with him. Um, he was a little bit gobsmacked that I'd signed up for a, a full Ironman as my first race. But, and I've been with him ever since. So uh, he, helped, he helped me choose my first bike. I didn't own a bike when I started with him. So we took me to treads and, and we are where we are now, really. Yeah, class. So it's, it's almost been as much his journey as it's been my journey. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you like, um, do, you, do you feel like that your, your improvement over those, what was it, five years is a, a lot down to the fact that, you know, you, you've had a coach and been able to follow a plan um, as, as opposed to like, because I, I related to a lot of people uh, who I know, they've got no coach, they kind of, you know, they dip in and out of, you know, all these different plans, do their own thing, you know, they, they, they go with what they feel. Do you, do you feel like that improvement has got a lot to do with kind of like that coaching process and your ability to, to follow that coaching program? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not the type of person that, despite being reasonably motivated, obviously, to get to the level of, you know, a 10-hour Ironman, but I'm not the type of person that can get up and plan my own day. Like, I'll find any excuse under the sun not to swim. Any excuse. Um, anything. And if it's raining outside, I may try and move my run to another day. But if I have a coach, I have this accountability that even, even six, seven years later from being with him, I still have this accountability where I don't want to let him down. And yeah. if, I, if I haven't done something, I, have, I feel I still have to justify to him why I haven't done it. And he, you know, he probably doesn't care half the time why I haven't done a 30-minute easy run. But I still have this accountability that I feel that I have to do what I'm told. Yeah, yeah. But if I was planning my own sessions, I probably wouldn't have that at all. Yeah. I'm not particularly motivated to do something off my own back, whereas if I'm told to do it, I'm fine. Yeah, class. So I think I'm a coach to help me. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've, I've got a coach at the moment. I think you know, uh, you know the guy's coaching me, Dan, Dan Farmer. Oh, yes, I do. Know him well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we, we've... Like I, I think he's a brilliant coach, and he's got like an amazing group. So we we do like these group workouts on, uh, on Trainer Road on a regular basis, and and just like you said, you know, it's like by ten past seven this morning, you know, I, I was my my bike session was was done, you know, and um, I would never in a million years have been getting up at five o'clock to do a, you know, a, a bike session, and it's just that like kind of group culture, the accountability, you know, it's. Um, it's, it's awesome. Well, he's very analytical as well, isn't he? He's very into his numbers and he's very scientific based. So it's, it's quite nice actually having some tangible data that he can look yeah. at. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I'm, I, I enjoy that side of things as well because of my background in golf and because of like the journey I've been on uh, in my career for golf. Like it, it's very numbers based and everything is done by numbers. Um, so like that, that kind of really works for me, uh, and and I find it I find it massively beneficial. I've got to be honest. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, so talking a little bit about uh, 2019, um, and again, like freaking hell of a result. Uh, what, like, what was your goals going in going into that event, uh, and kind of, like, how would you reflect on on your on your you know the breakdown of the event there, and where you could have improved potentially, uh, where potentially you thought you you excelled, you know, based on your on your goals. Give, give us a bit of a rundown on on that. Uh, well, it's, it's I sort of flashback to 2018. I was due to do Wales in 2018, but I had a, I got knocked off my bike just three weeks before. Oh wow! Um, so um, it was my last long recce ride, actually, of the Ironman course, and, and sadly I got sort of knocked off. So that was put oh, on hold. Shit. Yeah, I was. It was. I was gutted. Um, and I actually feel I was probably in a better place for 2018 than I was maybe going into 2019 uh, mentally, anyway. But yeah. So we, um, I sat down with Mark after after the bike crash, and I had three months off, and we just said, right, goal next year is Kona looked at all the results from the last five years. So we sat there in Starbucks and we had the results up for the top six age groupers in my age group for the last five, six years. And we narrowed it down. We pretty much said, if I, if I can hit 10 hours, I'm going pretty much. Was that if you get 10 hours, you're going. And we looked at the times. Then we, we, you know, there's a bit of leeway there, depending on the weather. Because it's so changeable at Wales, isn't it? The weather yeah. can add on 15, 30, 45 minutes to times year in, year out. So, um, we, we sat down, we, so we looked at my run and we felt you know, coming off a 250 London marathon, the run was where it needed to be. I don't think speeding up the run wouldn't have, wouldn't have made me any faster because, well, as you know, as, as well as everyone else has said this, it's not, it's not a case of how fast you can run, it's how slow you can slow down, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. We felt that rather than go for speed, we'd go for strength, so we did lots of hill running that year. Um, I chose a route around by me that would have a similar elevation to Wales run, and I ran that most loops. Um, and the swim, I, I, you know, the swim had to dominate my training for the for the year. Um, the swim, my swim was weak in comparison to everything else, and so we, I had uh, joined a masters club that was three yeah. mornings a week. Um, now, since then, I got a swim. I had a swim coach. Had a few endless pool lessons and some technique lessons. Um, so that was the plan. And the bike, we would just continue as we were doing, uh, you know, three yeah. to four turns a week. And, and an outdoor ride is pretty much what I've been doing for five years. So we, we just continued it. We continued it really, but we just upped the swimming and lowered the running volume. Okay. So, so you know, like your breakdown then. So, yes, uh, yes, your run was three seventeen, bike five thirty eight, and swim one ten. Did you did you hit your numbers for bike and run? Uh, yes. Yeah, we did. I mean, I'm, I'm immensely proud of all of those times. And, and yeah. I know some people, well, you know, I could have gone faster. And in comparison, to some people would love those times, and other people would dwarf them. So. I'm massively proud of it. Um, the run we were aiming for 320, and I dipped under at 317. So pleased nice. with that. Um, the bike we were hoping for around 540 um, or 535. So we were there or thereabouts. Uh, the swim, and I, I remember having a vivid conversation with my wife beforehand. I said, "If I swim an hour five, I'm going to coma. If I swim an hour ten, I'm not." And she said, oh, don't be silly. I said, honestly, that is how close it's going to be. And I swam an hour 10 and I missed out by under five minutes. 
So Jeez. it's easy to stay in the clothes, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah. So what 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 do you kind of like? Um, what what do you put that down to then? Like like that, if so, I'm I'm, ass- I'm assuming you you felt like your potential is um, one or five or better. Um, and if yeah. you've if you if you if you've come out of one or ten, where where do you feel like like those five minutes were were, were lost there? Um, it's hard to say with a swim. I mean, I. Unlike running and cycling, I can't pace the swim really on feel. I'm not a good enough swimmer and I haven't been swimming long enough to know how I feel. I either, I'm either tired and my arms slow down or I feel okay and my arms speed up. Like I, can't, I haven't quite got that gauge of swimmers that, you know, you look at the top age groupers like Nathan Ford and Horsford Turner who's swimming 47 minutes. Like they probably know what pace they're going without even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so for in this, I, I suppose my biggest problem in the swim is not the swimming itself. It's just the, the, the atmosphere around me. I, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable in the water. I still get panic attacks now. I don't mm. like the change from being on land to being cold in the water and people around me being surrounded by uh, being out of my comfort zone then, I suppose, really. Yeah. And, I mean, if I'm, if I'm running and I'm out of breath, I can slow down a little bit. And same as cycling, but with swimming, yeah. You're a long way from dry land, aren't you? And it's just—I I find it quite overwhelming at times to swim. Yeah. It's something that I've never conquered. I still haven't conquered it after seven years. It's something I'm working on, but it's, so is that, is that more like a, an open water versus pool kind of scenario where you'd be like faster in the pool and then not not so good in open water in a race scenario, just because yeah, of that environment? I, I think it is. Like I, the Masters squad, I joined um, a really good coach there, Reese Jones, and. We were making some big improvements there and in the pool he said, oh, you know, you're doing really well in the pool, your times are coming down and as soon as I get in the open water, I just crumble. Mm. And uh, it, it's, it is something that I'm just going to have to do more of. I think. Like, the plan this year was to do the solver swim, uh, the 10-foot swim and just, just get in, yeah. in the mix really, and, and just put myself where I don't want to be. And I think doing that more will, uh, will hopefully ease my, my anxiety. But yeah. it's, it's, I think... It's as much a mental issue as it is a, a swimming ability issue, I think. My, my water problem. Yeah, one one of my friends actually. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning this story, but I mean, he he was he, he was a little bit stupid, to be fair, in terms of the way in which he prepared for this event. But in 2018, before we deny him on Wales, uh, we went up to Stafford under the 70.3. And yeah. uh, in the in the practice swim, so we went down there on the. I can't remember whether the event was a Saturday or a Sunday, but the day before we went to do a practice swim anyway. And he was in the lake, and uh, he's putting his wetsuit on. He's asking me a few questions about his wetsuit, and like I'm I'm no expert, and I, I definitely wasn't an expert then. <laughs> you know, very, very much a beginner. Um, and then when we got in the water, he's like, "Oh, this is the first time I've been in open water." I'm like you, you, you are, <laughs> and he completely, even in the practice swim, he had a panic attack, um, and I'd get dragged out to the water in the practice swim, and um, you know, unfortunately, he didn't make it round in time. Then, you know, for the, in the in the event, he got he got pulled out of the water, and uh, that that was that was a the same scenario as what you're describing there, where you know, more than capable of of getting around that swim, and you know, posting some really really good times in the pool. Um, you know, I'd go swimming with him and there wouldn't be that much difference. But, you know, you put him in an open water scenario and he re- really kind of, um, you know, there were skills there which he, he just hadn't quite mastered, you know, and mentally as well, he was, he was, he was way behind. So uh, 
Chambers, if you're listening to this, I'm awful sorry for bringing that up. <laughs> but it was just, yeah, it just popped into my mind there when you were, you know, just talking about that difference between open water and, and pool swimming. But it's definitely a skill to be acquired and, um, you know, mentally more than anything. I mean, the worst thing you can do, I, I find, is if I go swimming, just if I stop, if, I, if I'm swimming across, you know, North Beach, for example, if I'm doing a North Beach wreck and I'm swimming along the back, if I stop and just tread water and look around, oh, it's the worst thing I can do. Like, oh, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm in France, I feel. I feel the shore is so far away. <laughs> yeah. and, and then I can feel my anxiety raising and then raising. I'm like, oh, my God, what if I get swept out to sea? What if this happens? What if, what if a big shark comes and eats me? Like, all of these thoughts. I hate it. Yeah. It's, and I... I don't know how I'm going to get over it, but we'll get this. We'll get this some point, I'm sure. Yeah. What What about like the the contact? Because that, like, because obviously the the race entries have kind of like, um, or the the race starts rather, uh, have, have evolved a little bit over the last couple of years. Um, do Do you think like with you racing for quite a long time since 2013? I'm assuming when you first started, it was like a proper mass start in in Tembe. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. A, it wasn't this rolling start. It was a run or a running job. Yeah, as 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 that put, like, um, do do you feel like you be you was affected by by that start like previously, or um, is it is it kind of like something else which is which which is causing that kind of like um, mental barrier, if you like? Um, that, it doesn't help. I mean, this summer just gone preceding Wales. Um, uh, James Granfield, a friend of mine who's a very good swimmer, took me down to Porthcourt and he would swim right alongside me and he'd be as aggressive and annoying as possible just to try <laughs> and rough me up, just to, just to get me used to it. Um, and he, you know, he could tell me I'd start wandering off then to the right just to avoid him. And he's almost like, you need to be a bit more brave in the water and just you know, impose yourself a little bit more. Whereas I'm... I, any contact and I'm, I'm shooting off the other direction. So yeah. it's, it's not like I haven't done the prep. I've tried a lot of things yeah. no, 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 no. Just, just to try and get rid of the demons. And I do feel that we're making progress and it will click at some point, but it just needs to click at, at the right race. Doesn't it? So. Yeah. It's, 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 it's probably quite, um, it probably resonates with, with a lot of athletes, I would imagine, regardless of, you know, whether you finish in 10 hours, 17, or whether you're finishing just under 17 hours. I think, you know, from from speaking to a lot of people in, a, in our triathlon club, um, you know, they've they've got, you know, big demons around swimming, like way, way worse than, than what you're describing. And I'm sure a lot of people will resonate with what you're saying. Um, but it's just, it's so, it's so interesting because for me, like, I've got to be honest with you, I absolutely love the contact. Like when you first yeah. go into the into the water, I like, I, I almost want it. Like I, I enjoy it for some stupid reason. I, I don't know what it is. Um, Stay away from the start of the swim, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, w- I wouldn't purposely kind of like swim into anyone or, you know, but I, I, I'm not a good swimmer at all. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost like my, my swim in Ironman Wales in 2018 was 106. And I don't know how the hell I done that. I've got to be honest. I really don't know because if you see me in the pool, I'm 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 not not that kind of swimmer <laughs> at all. But um, I would have uh, I would have bought that off you this year. Bloody rights, bloody rights. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting. So um, so like 2020 prep for you then. I'm assuming that you entered this year. Um, yeah, and obviously, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really yeah. plans a little. 
Yes. And as you can imagine, after five years of six years of Ironman, as you can imagine, my wife was over the moon with another year of me prepping for another Ironman. So she was cursing this. Uh, I, I've had similar conversations. Don't worry, because we we had um we had a little one born on the fourteenth of February, and uh, is a, is our first one, and kind of like between the both of us, like I I, I wanted to do another Ironman after two thousand and eighteen. Um, I ended up having a new job last year, so that kind of put a bit of a spanner in the works. I really wanted to focus on that, and like my it wasn't really my decision to kind of enter this year it was more kind of like my other half she suggested it because she said well you know we've, we've got a little one you know being born around february time i'm going to be on maternity leave this is probably going to be you know the best time over the next couple of years for you to do it that's your last ironman for a while that is well exactly but but like she she like and for me to be honest with you as well it's you know it's going to be difficult, a lot more difficult next year for me to do it than it would have been this year because, you know, she's going to be going back to work. We're going to have childcare stuff to, to you know, to encounter. And yeah, it's just definitely not going to be great, but yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so your kind of your 2021 prep now then kind of, mm. have you, have you reset your kind of like goals for, for, for next year? Um, you know, compared to, to this year with having like maybe a longer prep into it for next year? Well, pr- pretty much every race has been moved. I mean, I'm still waiting for London Marathon announcement. I mean, they've moved it to October, but they, they're going to be announcing on the 20th of June, I think. What's happening with that? I can see them moving that to next April. Back yeah. So it's almost like the whole year has been moved. Um, but I mean, when you sent me the, you know, the brief topics of, of what we'd be discussing, it's quite... It's quite hard, isn't it? Because people listening or people wanting to go under 12 hours or faster, Ironman, is they're already in a certain bracket of prepared. They've already got mm. decent equipment. They're already quite well invested in it. So it's, it's, it's quite hard then to, to, make, to make time goals. It's quite hard at Wales because, it, as we said, it can change so much with the weather. You can be super fast one year and then super slow the next year. So... Goals haven't changed. I mean, the overall goal is to still qualify for Kona at some point. Mm. Um, that's the overarching goal. And the other, uh, the other goal for 2020, so now moving over, was to, to run a 2.40 London. Um, so that will roll over now to next wow. year. Um, and that's pretty much the two goals, really. I mean, I, I set a target at the start of the year to run a, to run a PB half. Uh, marathon PB marathon and to uh, PB Ironman, and um, the, the gods must have been thinking, you no chance of doing that, so they've kindly moved everything over to next year for me. Class, that's awesome. So you know, you know, like um, rewinding a little bit to your five thirty eight bike split, like I, yeah. I had a similar similar bike split in two thousand and eighteen. To your first Ironman, um, I was nowhere near five thirty-eight. I was I was just over seven seven hour mark. Um, what 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 has been the difference for you, kind of like going from you know on the bike seven hours to to getting five thirty-eight? Is it just a, like the accumulation of training over the years? Is the fact that you know you've you've got better body composition? Um, what 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 would you put that down to? Um, I think you've probably hit. Every, I think it's um, sort of an amalgamation of everything, but it did take me three years, I would say, 
of being with Mark and solid, consistent coaching to see any real improvement on the bike. Um, mm. It was very frustrating for a very long time. I wasn't making any improvement. And I, all of a sudden, it just clicked. Something just clicked at one point where the power started to go up. The legs didn't hurt as much. And it was, it was very hard because... I wasn't very good at sort of leaving my ego at the door almost. I was, every training session I was given, I would smash it like it was the last session I'd have. And I was getting ill a lot. Um, I was missing, particularly the first year of training, I was getting tonsillitis all the time. And I, just, I wasn't really enjoying it. It was hard. And the problem was, I just wasn't going easy enough at all. Mm. And um, I remember him saying, it's going to take, you know, it's an endurance sport is, uh, the key is in the name. It, it's an endurance thing. It takes years and years to build up. And I then eased off all the easy runs. I went easy. All the hard runs, I went really hard. And very, very quickly, things started to move in the right direction. Wow. So I think with that, I did start to lose a little bit of unnecessary body muscle and weight. And mm. I think everything sort of starts coming together a little bit. And yeah. as you start to see improvements, um, you know, you take things a little bit more seriously. But the, the biggest thing for me was investing in, in, in power and, and having numbers to dial into every, every session rather than go, I'm not very good at going on feel. Um, yeah. I know it's a skill that you have to acquire sometimes, but if, if I know certain numbers I have to hit on a bike, the paces on a run, I'm, I'm fine. But to go on feel is quite difficult for me. I'm not very yeah. good. So, so do, you, do you kind of like with Mark then have, regular kind of like benchmarking sessions and testing sessions whether you do ftp tests um whether it's just like a, a one-off session where you kind of know if you complete that session you're in good shape kind of thing how, how do you measure your kind of um your progress and, and fitness kind of like through through the season then uh, well, we used to, and um, it used to be very much a sort of one-sided relationship mainly because i didn't know what i was talking about um, yeah. you know 2000 <laughs> 13, 14, 15, 16 was really me just doing as I'm told. But we're mu it's much more of a collaborative affair now. So I'll, I'll, I could probably tell you what's, what my training week is going to look like next week yeah. before he's written. But um, so how we'll have some input into the training session just because I'm a little bit more knowledgeable about it now. But so he knows, he, he can just tell by my training session if, if I'm fatigued or not really. He, he knows looking at my numbers because I've been doing the same sessions year in, year out. He can tell now really if something's wrong. But in terms of testing, we used to test regularly. We used to do FTP tests maybe every six, eight weeks. Yeah. And now it's more just, I'll do a 10-mile TT on a Thursday night, the local 10-mile TT, which is roughly 20 minutes. A yeah. Bit longer. And if my watts are higher, then it's an improvement. I mean, this, the time may be slower because of the wind or wet or sure. faster because of the wind, but the, the watts, will be, the power will be the same. So I suppose we just use races really now or whether rightly or wrongly, but I find, I find um, or we found, that I would get too stressed out by the thought of a test. Uh, okay. Um, I, I mean, it should just be sort of incorporated into your training and whatever the numbers are, the numbers are, but... God, I'd, I'd want a taper for it. I'd eat a good, healthy breakfast. I, I treated it like a race, and it was, affecting, it was affecting me a bit too much. You know, I'd get quite deflated if I, was, if I saw one watt improvement or something, which is nothing. I'd, yeah. I'd get really miffed. So, uh, so now we, we've, we've sort of learned that it doesn't work for me. Some people love testing. I prefer, 
I prefer to go out and race like a 10 mile TT or Zwift, a Zwift yeah. 10 mile TT and, and get my numbers from there. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting, isn't it, how people kind of like react to those those little tests. And I suppose you've just found your kind of own personal way of, of, of man- monitoring it, rather, uh, which is, yeah. which is quite, it's quite, it's quite interesting. It's really interesting. So, you know, like equipment wise, you, you mentioned to me in an email that you could literally do your own podcast on how you've kind of like evolved your equipment. Give, give me a bit of a rundown on kind of like what, what you've done there, because I'm sure it's going to be interesting for, you know, all of the listeners, including me. Um, and my um, ears definitely yeah. pricked up when you said that. <laughs> well, I was actually, when I, was, I was writing things down. I thought, why did my wife marry me? I am an absolute nerd. And <laughs> just looking at it, I thought, oh, God, I need to get a life. But um, I, I'm not very big. I'm, I'm five foot seven. And you know, I've got the I've got the, the body shape of an eleven year old girl. I'm I'm tiny, and when it comes to the power, raw raw power, I'm not the strongest person. So I, I know that, which is why I choose to play routes like Ironman Wales and things, just because it, it, it levels the playing field a bit. Because it's a thinker's course, Wales, isn't it? It's not a brute force course. You've really mm. got to think about things. So my approach is, if I can't outpower somebody, I need to either out equipment them or out-aero them, or outthink them in order to, mm. to improve. So I literally, I, I, you know, I stripped my bike down. Where can I improve this time on this bike? So, you know, clothing, I invested massively in clothing. Um, I would spend hours out on the roads testing back and forth on the same stretch of road, different helmets, different clothing, um, using best bike splits to sort of give me the numbers back. So clothing hugely. I have two power meters on my bike in case one fails on race day. Like that's obsession. There's no need for it. You don't need to do it. But I have two power meters on my bike. I have a crank one, yeah. and a one. Um, and like from just just looking at from researching my own research, like own stuff and testing, like you can see like hundred watts just on your equipment, and it's just absolutely bonkers. So. Um, Got the best. I researched the best chain ring, so I got a big, big 54 chain ring. Um, I got ceramic jockey wheels, ceramic bottom brackets, just to save a few watts here and there. I didn't buy the most expensive ones, I did my research, and you know, I, I didn't end up paying that much more than you would for a normal bottom bracket. Um, arm cups, extensions, I experimented with different angles. I had a bike fit with George Fox, who works for Matt Bottrell. Okay, um, so I had an aerial bike fit, which was massively massively you know um informative then really just about how narrow to keep your uh, shoulders or how not to um, tuck your head in but drop as if you're dropping your chin to your front axle and all of these really interesting tidbits that i didn't know beforehand yeah and and even i mean i know we'll get on to sort of tips for people going forward but i even plan things meticulously that by the time I got to Lamphy, I would have drunk one litre of liquid. So I was a kilogram lighter going into the hilly section of the bike course. So I planned, I'd done two best bike splits, one from Lamphy where I was a kilogram lighter. And then I redid it with a kilogram, if I hadn't have drunk that liquid and I still had an extra kilogram. And it was still like an extra minute, you know, saved just from drinking, just from losing a kilogram of weight over the second half yeah. of the bike course. So I, I mean, you can get far. You can get too obsessed with this type of thing, but that's the part of this I enjoy. Like, I really love yeah, yeah, yeah. the part of it all. And I think if you put the 
if you put the time in to research, you know, you can save you know, massive, massive time for doing very little extra training. Yeah. Because um, there, there is a ceiling for people like me where I'm not the most powerful. So how do I get an advantage? Well, I have to use my brain a little bit, really. So, yeah, I mean, equipment-wise, I'm always tweaking things. Saddle position, different saddles, this, that, and the other. And mm. I think we're there I think I finally, finally settled on my equipment. What, what, what's, what's been like the, let's say your top three changes to the bike that you've made, kind of like, which has given you the biggest kind of savings? Um, probably one of them would be switching to tubeless tires. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, I, I know uh, rolling resistance wise, they are, you know, well, tubes are slightly faster, but the, the mental insurance it gives me knowing that if I punch it, it will seal itself. Um, yeah. It's massive. I can just set them and forget them. And I don't have any issues with tubeless at all. I, I haven't had any problems with it since I've installed them. Um, what else would I say is probably helmet. Um, yeah. I, for years, I, we had POC helmets. I'm mean, sure Dan will, Dan will tell you as well. He's got POC uh, cerebral helmet. And it just didn't, it, it, when I went for the bike fit, it just didn't sit on my head the way a helmet should. There was lots of gaps. And sure, with a bit of testing out on the road, it turned out to be a few minutes faster over, over a long course. So little oh, wow. things like that, really. I, yeah. I changed my cranks to cranks. Um, I went from 170s to 165s, which did help my hip angle a bit. I got quite tight hips. Yeah. So I reduced the angle there a little bit. Um, but I would say probably the biggest thing is I only I only train on my TT bike. Um, okay. The TT bike is on the turbo all winter, and I will do every session in the TT position, everything. Um, threshold, sorry, sweet spot and below, I do not budge from my TT position. Um, wow. anything, above, anything above sweet spot, I will sit up and, and pump it out, but I'll, I'll do my very best to try and stay down and and just work on the position. I, I'm pretty comfortable now holding that. I, I barely moved out of it for Ironman Wales. Wow. Um, it's just because I've practiced, I've practiced so yeah. much. I didn't, I didn't have a road bike for about three years after Ironman Wales 2014. Um, it, it, it broke and I never replaced it. So I bought a TT bike and that was the only bike I had. So, okay. Uh, so did, did you say, bike. sorry, did you say that you, you you would have done the first Ironman Wales on a road bike or a TT bike? Yeah, no, I did my first one on a road bike. Um, ah, okay. I saw, yeah. I saw right in the passage, really. I bought a road bike, did a race, bought some clip-ons, did another race, bought a TT bike, and then now it's just escalated. Yeah, because so. I'm I, I've only got a road bike. I've not got a TT bike, and um, I think I think that's probably the, the the next step for me is to get a TT bike. Um, I mean, there is people argue all the time that Ironman Wales is not a TT bike course, but I, I firmly disagree with them. Yeah, um, I think if if you can if you can get comfy on your TT bike, I don't understand why people say that it's not as comfy as road bikes. I, I'm mm. very happy on mine. So yeah, that would be the, the biggest investment I would say to get to get our speed down. Yeah, I was I was speaking to Dan about it, and he said uh, he said exactly the same as what you said, and. Um, I don't think, I think he compared his time in Ironman Wales versus uh, long course. And he said his, his time was uh, roughly about the same, but the way he felt coming off his TT bike in Ironman Wales, he was so much, 
fresher and uh, just felt more ready to run, you know, off the bike rather than um, in in long course. He said he felt shelled coming off uh, his road bike. But yeah, for, for, for me, it's just like, I, I don't even know. I've, I've never been on a TT bike before. I've got no idea how it feels, but um, yeah, I'm quite excited about, about kind of, uh, about getting that to be fair. Two seconds. Do you mind if I just answer this door? Go for it. Burrows, B U W R O W S. Sorry, I was on the last You can edit this out, can we? It's all right, we'll just leave it in. I thought I thought it might have been your uh, uh, your two turbo trainer. Is it really? Yeah, it's just the right <laughs> quality. Yeah, we'll uh, I'll leave in there until afterwards. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, TT bike. I absolutely insist that it is a TT bike horse. I am. What else? There's no doubt about it. Class. Awesome. So, uh, so for I guess for me as well, um, and I'm I'm more interested in this maybe than a lot of the listeners, but. Like my, my, my goal for my next Ironman, I, w- I want to get like Ironman Wales. I want to get under 12 hours, my big goal. What would be your kind of like top tips that you would give for anybody looking to kind of like to, to beat that 12 hour or really any, any time, you know, time goal they've yeah. got? What, like out of your experience um, over the last five or six years, what, what would you say is the, the, the top, top five? Well, I thought, well, I thought about this and I, I, people always give generic answers, don't they? You know, enjoy mm. yourself, get a coach, do a, work on your weakness, all that jazz. And I thought, what has actually worked for me? Um, mm. I think discipline. I think it's very, very easy at Ironman Wales because of the technicality of the course. It's so easy to, to chase people who go past you. And I set average power and normalized power on my Garmin. And I make sure that I try and keep my normalized power within 10 watts of average by the end because it's such a hilly course. Mm. But again, I ran the numbers. And for an extra 30 watts up Templeton, I was going to save nine seconds. Mm. And those 30 watts were the difference between me going into threshold or staying much, much below threshold. And I think the accumulative fatigue that you will burn by smashing the hills at Wales is the biggest reason why you will end up walking on the run and certainly the reason mm-hmm. I did in the first time. So I suppose for the tips I would give for anyone, oh, well, I say tips, experience then that I've had. Yeah, yeah. Has helped me as well. um, you be meticulous about the course. If you can recce that course, more than any course, recce that one. You'll start to know where you can go fast on the descent, where you need to ease off on corners. Um, so that goes out saying, if you can get on the course, great. Because um, it's not about raw power, is it, at Wales? It's about using your brain. And I think as long as you are disciplined on the hills, you keep your watch to a ceiling, give yourself a ceiling at the start or give your heart rate a ceiling and just try and stick to it on the hills. Don't go bananas. You, you will catch up with people eventually. Um, and swim, running. You, you, for me, it wasn't, a, I wanted to get faster. And every year I'd say to Mark, All right, I need to get faster at Ironman Wales. He said, no, you don't, you need to get faster. You just need to get stronger. You just mm. need to be able to not fatigue as quickly as you did. And, and my first lap of Wales 2014 was, I think I did the first 10K in like 50 minutes. And then the second 10K was an hour and 10. And then the third 10K was like an hour and 20. And it, it just, I, it, I just capitulated. So 
Um, for, for what I did was just, I, as I said earlier, around hills. I chose a route around my house. I, I planned the route and it was exactly the same elevation as Ironman Wales. I tried to find a hill that was the same as New Hedges. So, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty dweeby with my planning, but I tried to, I tried to get it so that it is as similar as possible. Yeah. Um, and then, I, and I would run up it at Ironman pace then. Mm. And it was slow, um, slower, it's not slow, sorry. It's slower than what I would normally run a marathon pace at, but you know, roughly 10% slower, they reckon, don't they? An Ironman run is if you pace it mm. well enough. So, you know, and I would be going up, up there, which I thought was too easy, but then you, you, coming back down the hill, you can really pick up your pace. So that was my plan for 20, 2019, just gone, was to yeah. run up easy and run back down hard. And, and I did do mm. that to a certain degree. Um, and just consistency, like you're not gonna you're not gonna qualify for Kona in with one year of training, or if you are, you're a, you're an elite athlete already. Yeah, it takes it takes a long time, and only now am I getting to the point where I can actually back up big session after big session after big session without needing to sleep for three days in between it. <laughs> so I'm getting there. Um, so what else did I like? Um, I only walk aid stations at Wales. Yeah. And that's, that's just from a mental perspective. I won't walk outside of an aid station because if I walk mm. once outside of an aid station, I've, I've already reasoned with myself that it's fine to walk. Yeah. So um, I'll try and only walk aid stations. And as soon as I get to an aid station, I'll walk, I'll take on some liquid. And as soon as I hit the, the end of the aid station, I'll start running again. And it's yeah. just something that I do to keep me going really. But it's just, I, I mean, I suppose the biggest task is everybody, everybody who's listening to this who wants to go under 12 hours is already, as we said, reasonably fit, probably done mm. one or two Ironman, probably has decent equipment. Just be meticulous. Like, I recce transition. I, I timed myself from where I racked my bike, how long it would take me to get to my bag. Um, I mean, I looked like a, a, a goon in transition doing this, but I, I, ran it, I ran it at race pace from the, my bike to my bag. I timed myself how long it would take me to put everything on. And when it, on the day, I think I was, I, I, again, I was like four seconds different from what I thought I'd be in transition. So Amazing. I, and um, I dialed my nutrition down. As I said, I used only beta fuel this year. I didn't use any solids. Okay. Um, and I didn't rely on any on course nutrition because I wasn't quite sure if, if it was full or if it was empty or if I was getting what I was supposed to. So, Carried all my own stuff. Um, again, I timed it so that I would lose certain amounts of liquid at certain times on the course, so I'd be a bit lighter. And I, I, I suppose it's just being meticulous, um, yeah. just reading a lot, and, and just taking it seriously. If you really want to do well at Ironman Wales, you've got to take it seriously. And, and the biggest tips there, I would say, are discipline on the hills. Discipline on the hills, and know your know the course. Class. And I think if you do do those two things, and you'll get off that bike feeling a lot better. Um, Amazing. We all know that feeling. You get to heartbreak hill, and the, and you just want to. You feel like Chris Froome. Wow, saddle up. And I was so it was so hard this year just to stay in my seat and just spin it up. And I was thinking, I really want to soak all this in, but it'll come back to bite you that second lap you'll get to Lamphy on the second lap and all of a sudden those legs are starting to burn and you yeah. wish you'd gone a bit really good so but there, that's it really that's just just be sensible no you know your course be consistent over the years 
I mean, I look back through my training peaks before I came on here. And since I started coaching with Mark, it was after the Cardiff half 2013, mm. um, to today, my average training hours have been nine hours, 57 a week. Um, you know, and that's, that's including weeks off and injuries. So I've been pretty, you know, it, it's not 20 hours a week. There's been some 20 hour weeks, but it's just been pretty consistent over five years. I mean, it, there's no secret source, as he always says. It's yeah, just yeah. the same week in, week out, and just getting it done. Like, you know, you can do three 20 hour weeks in a row if you want to, but you'll probably be injured then for a couple of weeks afterwards. So just, just, just do what you can manage. Just, if you can do 10 hours a week for five years, you'll be a supreme, you know, endurance athlete. So just, just do that. Yeah, def- definitely. I mean, that, that's, that's the one thing for me, which I'm probably not great at, like consistency wise, I, I either train like, um, I would say like a professional athlete, or I'm like a professional kind of yeah. um, a professional eater, you know, um, and, a, and a professional slob. I, I go I go very much one way or the other. And a lot of my mates are like that as well. And that, that's been the one good thing about the coaching with Dan is I've, I've yeah. kind of found like a really, really nice rhythm now, you know, of the training. And like last week, I think I clocked up maybe 12 hours of training. And it really, yeah, it really didn't feel like that. Really didn't feel like it. Yeah, and um, and that's, the key, that's the key, isn't it? You, it needs to be manageable. You should. You need to be able to do that week in, week out. And I know, yeah. like, I don't have, I don't have children um, yet. So I'm very. And, and my wife is like, I don't know how she puts up with me. You know, she, <laughs> she's, she's so supportive, and you know, the hours I spend, you know, bending her mind about this and this arrow and this what and. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised Jess left me, but she's immensely supportive. And you know, my school, like my teacher at my school, like Kona Falls in October, so it's during school time. Yeah. But again, he is so supportive of of me and, and my ambitions then that he that they you know they've said, you know, if you happen to qualify, you know, you go and, and enjoy. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. I think the biggest key is having support a good support network it's very hard to do this is on your own um, yeah and i would want to do it on my own. you know having the support there and, and people around you is brilliant and the, the friends i've met like dan for example i mean i met dan through triathlon and, and he's brilliant he's a great guy yeah and i think everybody in this sport seems to be a similar of a similar ilk don't they they seem to yeah be, <laughs> type type there uh, type one athletes very very engaged very all or nothing types of people and yeah, uh, it's it's good. I've learned a lot from people over the years, and I and I hope I'll continue to do so. So it's nice yeah, that's to, be able to give some, some experience back. Yeah, bloody bloody right. You, you know, you said with um with you being a teacher, does that kind of like does the event in Wales kind of like work for you in terms of like the summer holidays and everything? Because I can imagine that the, the yeah, timing of it is just perfect. It's, it's my secret weapon, to be honest, because we can only go to, we can only do races in in the holidays, so. We have been to, um, we went to Challenge Salou a few years back, my wife and I. We've, but we know we've only got summer holidays, so Wales works perfectly. And my, my uh, parent-in-laws, my in-laws, live, they've just recently moved to Cossiston down Pembroke. Oh, so nice. summer holiday comes and I move, I move down there. Um, <laughs> I, train, I, I train on the course every single day. Oh, wow. The whole summer, pretty much. And you don't have to do that. I, I, I have to do that less and less now because I know that I've planned routes around here, but 
oh, it helps. You know, getting up yeah. every morning, driving to North Beach car park, paying your three pound for your full day parking, doing a record, <laughs> and then you go back and there's food on the table. You can't ask for any more. Quality. <laughs> Just it's it's like it's like you've you've officially arrived. <laughs> you the time when I have kids or something, that'll all be gone. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I've I've got all of that to come now over the next couple of years. So I'm trying to make the most of it now. The next year and a half, try and squeeze another year out of it and see what happens. But yeah, we'll see. So Craig. I mean, we, we've been going a long time here. We've, I think we've gone over an hour there. Um, yeah, you might have to cut some of my waffle out, I think. Ah, oh, no, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave it all in. That's what it's all about. Keep, keep, it, keep it real, isn't it? Um, Even the I, I, <laughs> we'll, keep, we'll keep him in there as well. <laughs> I, I just want to say a massive thank you for your time. I'm so, I'm so grateful. And it, it's, it's, it's really interesting to kind of to hear about your journey because, like, like I've alluded to you before, it's kind of you, you've started at a similar kind of, uh, I wouldn't say level, but certainly in terms of results, um, you know, we, we were both very, very similar to start off. And it's really inspiring to see that, you know, you've kind of raised your game and, you know, almost getting the corner. And I'm sure it's, uh, you know, that result is around the corner for you. And I wish you, wish you all the best, but definitely inspiring yeah. listening to, um, you know, to all, all your, your tips and, uh, you know, your journey is, is awesome. Uh, I, I make no bones. I'm not a I'm not a talented athlete by any stretch. I just work really hard, and I think mm. that applies to the majority of the population. You know, if we were all super talented, we'd be professionals, wouldn't we? But yeah. you know, I, I, you know, even when like I played football, I was never particularly skillful. I just worked really hard and did my job. And I think that it, as long as you do that in endurance sport, you will see improvements. So yeah, um, class. Just listen and enjoy it. For for any of the listeners out there, where can they find you on social media? Are you on Strava, etc.? Yeah, I'm on Strava, Craig Burrows. Um, I'm actually on social media. I'm on Facebook as Tony Buzz. Um, <laughs> so, so the kids in school don't find me. And I'm on Instagram, Instagram as at Twerk Burrows again, so that the kids don't find me. Um, yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not one of these people that posts pictures of every training session, though. No. But I do. I do post a few nuggets every now and again of a new chain or me waxing my chains or anything like that. So I suppose if you're yeah. interested in that type of thing, you might, you might get something good out of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put all the links in the, in the bio anyway. And if you, uh, I'm sure you might not want to put your uh, your Facebook stuff up there, but you know, if you want to keep it kind of secret, but. Yeah, I'll put all the links in the bio anyway for everybody to, or the show notes rather, not the bio, for everyone to find you. And um, yeah, thanks once again. I'm extremely grateful. Uh, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm honoured. I do really feel honoured. Thank you. Top man. And good luck, good luck next year. I'll see you on the start yeah, line. I'm crossing you around. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Top man. Thanks, Craig. Bye now.